Okay, welcome everyone to yet another Sunday with the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 238. Naturally, this is Invader, your host for the evening. And I hope you all had an awesome, wonderful, fun-filled weekend. Hopefully we cap it off well for you. Uh, There is a heck of a lot to go over tonight with the crew as uh, lots of topics, uh, including Xbox is accusing PlayStation of blocking content going on to Game Pass. Also, Microsoft and Unity have formed a partnership of sorts. We will delve into that. As well, we have leaks leaks popping up for a new version of the Elite 2 controller. We will get into all that. But, uh, you know, lots and lots of stuff tonight. Oh boy, I tell you. But uh, before we get into all the talking points, uh, let me introduce the entirety of the panel. Joining us tonight is a new face, or, well, I guess you say voice in this case, really. (laughs) He's a big gamer, and uh, you may have seen him in the chat. Uh, Everybody, please welcome Dots. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It's Sunday night. I'm dressing my Sunday best, which is a pair of shorts. And uh, I'm I'm hyped. This I'm. Thank you so much for having me. These are big budget to- topics, and I am so hyped to talk about them. Nice, nice. Well, we're a big budget show, obviously, so uh, we can't wait to get into them. <laughs> well, obviously, not that big of a budget, <laughs> but uh, it's it's exciting. Uh, you know, having you on the show. Uh, I understand this is your first podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct. Uh, this is my first time on a podcast. It, I was once on like a college radio show at one point. Ironically, it was Sunday mornings, and I ran a I ran just a you know a very short two hour segment. Occasionally, would be able to choose my own music to you know play. Talk to some of the people who called in, but no, this is my first time on like the potential world screen. So very hype, very happy to be here. All right. Well, everybody in, in the chat, give him a warm welcome, of course. And uh, just out of curiosity, Dots, like, what kind of games do you like? Uh, like, specifically Xbox or uh, just, you know, any console, PC, whatever it may be. What, what kind of games do you like or what are you playing right now? So um, I started with a PS2. It was just what my parents gave me. But as soon as I hit high school, met with the friend group, got into Xbox 360, and that's where the love stayed, you know. It was about community. It was about playing Halo nonstop whatsoever, you know. Um, a lot of Mass Effect uh, with Crusader even. Um, buying loot boxes out the wazoo. And, um, but that, that love stayed. Um, I got an Xbox One X. Um, I haven't upgraded to the, to the higher-end consoles yet. Shortages, you know, be damned. But um, besides that, you know... I'm a I'm big on the PC gaming front at the moment. Um, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter recently. Um, I cannot remove this chain around my leg, stopping me from playing Destiny 2. I've been doing that for seven years, going strong, if not longer. So I, I, I'm, I'm a slave to it at this point. <laughs> and um, no, uh, like I said, very big into Monster Hunter. Really excited for... Um, if you guys seen my Twitter at all, I'm talking. I talk a lot of big RTS games. Um, I used to play a lot of StarCraft back when you know Activision Blizzard had some respect. 
really big into Total War Warhammer 3 right now. Excited um, in just a week or two, they're going to bring out Immortal Empires, literally combining all three of those games into one big, massive map, all the factions. It's going to be Ooh. awesome. And uh, in November, I believe, or maybe even earlier than that, is Company of Heroes 3. I have a lot. Me and uh, two of my friends play Company of Heroes 2 a lot, and so we're excited for the third game of that. So, yeah, big on the RTS front. Still play a lot of Destiny, and um, I've also just really liked Monster Hunter at the current moment. They just had a content drop, so I've been playing a lot of that. Hmm. All right, all right. Well, hey, you got a lot of variety there. That's cool, man, uh, honestly. Um, good stuff all around. All right, well, we will move over to the TXR panel here, starting off with General MLD. Buddy, how's the weekend treating you? Oh, yeah, yeah pretty good, pretty good. Uh, let's see here. Oh, by the way, our guests here, hey, great taste in video games there. Uh, a lot of, lot of overlap there with uh, some of the crew here. But uh, yeah, uh, right now I'm just playing uh, uh, just a couple recommendations from uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, What's it? Bi a binary, a domain, like an old 360 uh, hidden gem. I'm just trying that out. It's pretty good. It's like a Japanese Gears of War. Not bad. Also playing like a little bit of uh, Burnout Revenge on the side. Uh, just some 360 old backlog games and just getting out of the way. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good time. And they're pretty cheap, too. So, yeah, looking forward to today's talk. Nice. I picked that up on a backwards compatibility sale a few weeks ago. I should yeah, dive so into I. that. Oh, nice. I did too. <laughs> well, funny story. I, I picked up uh, a physical copy of it. I found one. And then I saw the sale. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I, I, I don't usually double dip, but okay. I thought I'd get the digital version because it's cheap. So, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. It's like. It's an interesting story. It's it's like Gears of War four. You know, the main enemy are, are robots. It's like you're fighting the DBs. I don't know. Oh yeah, interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, no, I, I want to check it out. I've heard good things. Uh, moving on down the list here, Eric Shockley, my friend. Uh, how's things going at your end? Have you been doing any gaming? Uh, what you been up to? Yeah, uh, pretty good. Um, did you say binary domain was backwards compatible? Yeah, right. It okay, was FPS boost, I believe. It was FPS okay. boost. Yeah. Okay. I was. I think I was looking at an old list when I was trying to. Uh, when I recently picked up a 360, just for those few that aren't still backwards compatible. Um, but I think I was looking at an old list <laughs> of like best, uh, you know, exclusives that are, or best 360 games that aren't backwards compatible. But I guess that one uh, slipped by. So cool. I'll just pick that up when it's on a hopefully on another sale but uh um yeah just uh if i even gotten to play much this week i think i've still dipped back a little bit into soul hackers on the 3ds <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna finish it before the, the sequel drops but uh hopefully I can, and then i did recently <laughs> for whether or not i'll ever get to it uh bought the uh, uh destiny 2 expansion the uh witch queen and and beyond light I played beyond light when it was in game pass but i just couldn't get myself to drop the money at the time so uh we'll see if i get back into it. i just did it because it was on sale and i had a bunch of credit saved up from stuff i had traded in so we'll see it's it's there if i ever get to it but yeah destiny is a, a tricky uh 
animal <laughs> to jump back into. It's like if it's it's cool if you like never left, <laughs> but if you left and you're trying to onboard back, it's it's not forgiving. <laughs> to talk to Crusader, he new knows player. how to get people back into Destiny when they don't want to. <laughs> the new player experience is very bad, though. Uh, it is very bad. Or and returning player experience that is something that Bungie really needs to work on. Yeah, I jumped back in when it was when they put in the Game Pass with Beyond Light, and I was just like, I have no idea where to, what to do first. And I think I'm heading a quest, and I'm not really doing what I'm thinking. I'm, there's just like so many markers because you have so many expansions, and I don't know. They they could make it a way where you could like not lose everything. I guess at some point they feel like they just like, hey, no one's playing this, so we're just gonna, act, you know, get rid of it even though you paid for it. <laughs> but that's the only sad part is if you come late to a party, good luck finding people and you got a limited amount of time before they <laughs> just cut it for good. <laughs> but hmm. All right. That's the life of Destiny. Hopefully they come out with Destiny 3 and then I can just jump back on for, or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Almost. At least two more years of Destiny Tale. We've got two more expansions to go. Okay. You know, since Crusader's in here, let me at least ask the question. I heard they're sunsetting stuff, not because people aren't playing it, but because when the game gets too big, it starts creating a lot of glitches. So there's actually, there's a very serious flaw in the game engine that's used with Destiny from what I've heard. So it, that's kind of correct. Both of those statements are true. Um, the, well, actually, all three of those statements are true. Um, the code base for the live service game for them to be able to push out constant updates and balance changes and new content, when there's so much to the game, even adding something simple can break something somewhere else completely in the game. So what they do, what their solution was, and they've even said that it, it wasn't an optimal solution and they're looking for ways to streamline it in the future, was to vault content that players were not playing a ton of, right? That, like three years later, only like 3% or less of the community was still engaging with. Um, and so that, and so their solution to the game file size becoming like hundreds of gigs and it causing issues with maintaining the live service game and, um, and all that jazz and like constant bugs and stuff that come out with new launches was to vault content that players weren't engaging with anymore um and we have seen the results of this uh there's been less bugs and when bugs do happen they get fixed significantly faster um so like they met their goal in what they were setting out to do but it has led problems to onboarding problems to catching people up on the story and things like that that they still haven't solved so i'm i'm interested to see and they've admitted that these are problems so i'm interested to see how they, they fix that in the future all right, all right. Some uh, interesting, uh, some good comments there, pal. Good comments, Crusader. Uh, moving on down the list here, uh, since you were chatting there, uh, Centurion, pal. How's uh, the past week been for you? Eh, it's been pretty good, man. Uh, finally got off my vacation, went back to work. What fun that was! Um, but no, just kind of re relaxing, playing games when I can. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm playing everybody's not so favorite game franchise right now. Um, and that's, uh, 
believe it's like Frog Studios or whatever they're called, the, the oh. Sherlock Holmes games. Um, <laughs> and I've already done Crime and Punishment. I did The Devil's Daughter. Uh, the stories are actually quite good. And when you get into Ch with Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, it's like at least playing the games in order, you could see in the first game uh, there was no open world when you would touch a door to go somewhere it would take you straight like if you had to go to a train station loading screen you're in the train station second game it got it to where you could go outside and wander around and and actually interact with london the third game though complete open world sandbox you're running around doing all sorts of stuff they've introduced gunplay and it's just really cool to see a developer take something simple as what people would consider a puzzle game make it open world and then make it into like a sandbox open world. And it, it, while keeping true to the original concept of the game. Um, and I've actually been just having a lot of fun playing these games. Don't ask me why. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the gaming I've been doing is just kind of diving into these games. Um, so yeah, that's why I say it's everybody's favorite game franchise. Cause I know everybody's just frothing at the mouth to play a Sherlock Holmes game, but uh no, man, it's Sunday. Time to talk about Xbox gaming and all the drama that takes place on social media. Um, it's going to be definitely an interesting conversation tonight because, I mean, my God, there's been a lot of inter interesting conversations taking place because, man, uh, everybody's talking, including governments. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And also, by the way, I played some Frogwares games. Uh, not so much. Frogware. Yeah, that's right. Um, not so much the Sherlock Holmes games, that I, but I played the Sinking City, which was a, a Lovecraftian uh, kind of game. With uh, it's very dark, very it had well detectivey aspects to it. But uh, it's, it's it's in a, my backlog, and I yeah. plan to actually start it after these Sherlock Holmes games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting game. Uh, you might want to check out my review actually for it. Um, it no, it's not. Frogwares does some good things for the budgets that they allocate. So you know, not knocking them well, by any ways. At least, at least to give the guy a shout out, um, I got Sinking City, uh, from Dealer Gaming on one of his Patreon giveaways, where you know you do where you bait they you know pull your name out of the like random hat that he has online and. You pick the game you want, and yeah, he sent me Sinking City, so it's been sitting in my backlog for far too long. Mm-hmm. The sinking backlog. Yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's more like my drowning backlog. <laughs> I'm drowning in it. Yeah, I have... Xbox came out with Game Pass. I feel your pain, buddy. I feel your pain, like we all do. Chat, definitely. Uh, you know, do you agree with me? Uh, feel the pain of the backlog, uh, the sinking backlog. Uh, let me know in the chat. Um, and finally, uh. Who do we got? A Crusader. How you been? Good. I'm, I've been very good. Um, I, you know, earlier, you know, Dots was saying, you know, how I go through like a billion and a half games in comparison, and that has slowed down dramatically because I am playing a very long game right now, and that is Horizon Forbidden West. And my lord, do I think it's fun. It is... The best way I can describe it is Horizon Forbidden or Horizon Zero Dawn, the original one, feels like an experiment, and this is the result of that experiment. Looking at like looking at the feedback from it, and it's I'm I'm having so much so much fun going for the platinum. I only have I I looked it up. I have six trophies left, and all of them are story related. Um, and Did it, they it's, finally it's, patch the game to where it's actually decently playable? 
Um, I've had a few bugs. Uh, not gonna lie, it is definitely not the um. Oh, it, it, it it's not nearly as uh, stable as the first one. Um, I think a lot of my issues are uh like as soon as I like restart my console is like if I like I have to stop using rest mode because rest mode seems to screw things up a lot with the game. And if I don't launch the game from rest mode or quit it out and just restart it completely, I have like no issues. I I, I have a couple issues that are very common in a lot of games like this where like you're fighting with an NPC and then the NPC has to move to a particular spot for you to talk to them, but they get stuck on the terrain. And that's very common in a lot of like open world games that have like similar systems like that. And that's that outside of like dialogue screwing up when I'm playing from rest mode, that's really the only um the only issues I've had with the game. Alright. Alright. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Tim Dog won't be making it tonight. Uh, he's uh, in the dog pound, so to speak. <laughs> but he should be back next week. Don't you guys worry. Um, but yeah, before we we been, guys, just a reminder to share this out and uh, give the show a like as it helps us with those algorithms. <sighs> those dastardly algorithms. And also, don't forget that we are on a number of both audio and visual platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio or rumble odyssey and so on hey you know check us out there if you're on those platforms uh, a lot easier to find your txr content if, if uh, you know you just uh, don't use youtube whatnot or not as much and you experiment with other platforms all the links down below in the description <clears throat> but on that note why don't we move on to our first topic tonight and i know a lot of the guys are <laughs> really want to get into it and it's been a bit of a, a hot topic this one the past week after reports of uh, sony's concerns with microsoft owning the call of duty ip uh that came out the previous week we had discussed it well microsoft microsoft has since uh, we got reports of them firing back at sony stating that sony's concerns are incoherent as they're stating and also that uh, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been obstructed by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Ooh, very uh, interesting comments there. Also, Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing services. Ooh, uh, shots fired, shots fired. Damn, like honestly, things are getting pretty feisty now from the sounds of things, at least to me. Uh, Dots, buddy, you know what? You're our guest. Why don't we kick things off with you here, bud? Uh, slowly, we're finding out more and more information regarding the legal battles for the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King. Microsoft has been firing back at Sony. Uh, what are What's your take on Microsoft's accusations towards Sony here? Well, I knew the second I joined you guys that this this was the uh, playing hot potato with a flashbang grenade. Like this, this is the topic, and so I'll I'll take that first bout. So obviously, I, so I haven't dug as deep into this topic as I'm sure almost all of you have. I do have to say, like um, Microsoft, I think is in the right calling them out. This is you know especially on the um the blocking fees i think that that's a that's a very underhanded business trick it it almost comes off as like you know a, a u.s political move it, it's almost reading like a you know a political article but just between game companies rather than you know u.s politics so i just saw that and i was just like it's reading the same thing like how you know underhanded that was and honestly i i think 
you know, Microsoft, you know, calling them out, it's like, you know, that's that's pushing it too far. You you guys are honestly like, you know, cutting at every string on of the balloons you got and you're just losing balloons every time you cut those strings because you think that we're going to fall off before you do. And um no, I I saw the the fact that Microsoft not only called them out but gave them, you know, advice and said, "Hey, if you put out your first party games on PS Plus, we wouldn't ha- be in this situation. We wouldn't be having this problem. You would be in the same positive situation as us. People would be flowing to PS Plus because they want those first party games on your on your service." And the fact that Microsoft literally told them, "Hey, this is how you do it and this is how you're going to succeed." You know that that just shows you know Microsoft you know a step above Sony in that regard. It is about new innovative business models. It's about getting out of those old ways where it's less about the war and more about players. And I think Microsoft knows that. Um, and when then I look at Sony and I'm, I'm just sad because like I I have no honestly but you know before you know ten years ago I have no issues with Sony. I mean. I had a PS2. I like I like you know Sony in general. I didn't have any issues with them. I didn't have a reason to get their consoles just because I didn't have friends on those consoles. But I didn't you know hold my Xbox above a PlayStation. Say you know I don't like you. It's just I'm just looking at them with pity now because they are trying all these tricks. They're trying to you know turn the favor towards themselves, and all they're doing is you know either digging their own grave or you know any sort of thing that it just, it just makes it work work worse for them and and that's and that's unfortunate honestly because um i'm uh, definitely of the opinion that you know both companies need to thrive for gamers to go above and beyond because it is about the gamers it's about the games it's about the community if sony if, if sony keeps failing i think that's not it's not just going to be like a, oh xbox is superior thing it's going to be what about all this cross-platform stuff? What if that topples down? What if Sony goes so far to say, we're going to cut out cross-play again, and then that's going to cause issues with third-party developers, first-party developers? You know, it's going to... It could potentially destroy a lot of the um, the multiplayer that, you know, gamers love between the consoles. Because, I mean, let's just say t- Destiny 2, because, you know, that's... You know, we were just talking about that. I mean... When they added Destiny 2 multiplayer cross-platform, awesome. That was like, yes, Sony finally got it. They finally did something excellent. You know, we finally can play with our friends. Me and Crusader have a friend on PlayStation. Now we can finally play with them. doesn't matter what console we're on. Great. I think Sony's undermining that now because they are so desperate to, you know, undermine Microsoft to, you know, try to take things away from them but only really hurting themselves really. And that, and I think the more they do that and the more they hurt themselves, the more it's going to self-destruct and cause a problem for not just PlayStation owners, but for gamers as a whole. All right. All right. Very good uh, observations and thoughts there. Um, yeah. I mean, this could be very dis- disruptive. I mean, obviously, uh, Sony's concerned here about you know losing some pretty big IP going to uh, you know I, what Call of Duty for example is uh, I believe somebody was saying it's like there's the second biggest game that they have on their console so who the heck wants to lose that right first and second 
Ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, like, Crusader, actually, I'll uh, lead into you here. Like, wh what's your take on all this? Because, I mean, I can understand Sony, um, you know, commenting. I mean, again, who wants to lose these big, big massive franchises, uh, like, on their console? But, you know, at the same time, it's like, well, are they really losing it? Do they really need to be that concerned? Because, you know, with some franchises, I could see them losing, but at the same time, I mean, Call of Duty, it's going to make mega bucks regardless, and I, I can't see Xbox really taking it off. You know, Microsoft lo loves money. But yeah, what's your take on all this, uh, like all this new news coming out about Xbox firing some shots back? So just like last week where I said Sony was saying what they were saying, not necessarily because they believe it, but because they ha they have to get stuff on on paper so that a certain line in the sand is met so that they don't lose Call of Duty from their platform. Um, this is the same basic thing, except Microsoft's posturing in this case is specifically for this deal to go through, right? So the, all, all they did was take Sony's points and retort them and say, like, why none of this is true. And then what I found was hilarious was basically at the end, a chief executive at Microsoft said, and yeah, while we could make all these things exclusive, it wouldn't be a financially reasonable for us. And that makes sense when you look at Call of Duty as a franchise in 2020 made about a little bit shy of $2 billion in one year. That's what Bethesda as a publisher makes in two years. Single game, right? When you look at Minecraft and the success they've had with Minecraft, Minecraft makes somewhere between 250 and 500 million uh, USD a year in, in revenue from all of its sources, whether it be the game itself, realms, um, merchandising, things like that. And there, there's a reason why they chose to operate differently with Mojang, why they made that contract differently when they, when they acquired them. And it's because that game isn't it's beyond what i mean they could turn it into a system seller but they'd piss a ton of people off and otherwise they can just make a ton a like complete magnitude more money by having it everywhere that's why they brought minecraft to the nintendo platforms post acquisition right that's why it like it wasn't on any nintendo platforms before they brought it to, like the wii u they brought it to the 3ds they brought it to the switch right and they keep doing these things they brought it to the apple tv i'm pretty sure you can get it on apple os you, you can buy this stupid game and um, so when you look at Call of Duty, Call of Duty fits that same bill exactly, except instead of Minecraft, where it's like you buy the game once, and then maybe you're in for some realms, maybe you're in for some skins, right? They sell it every year. They sell millions of microtransactions a year, and it sells, and it sells, and it sells, and you... They want to keep doing that. They want to build up that platform, and they'll integrate the Xbox features into it, just like they did with Minecraft, so that it, it's Xbox invasive into another system it expo uh if you played minecraft on playstation you sign with a microsoft account and you get xbox achievements they'll do that with call of duty as well um i have no doubt in my mind that they'll do that and they'll, they'll plaster xbox all over call of duty um mm -hmm. but it makes so much more financial and pr sense to keep everything with call of duty and maybe even the only other game I can think of that they make that's currently multi-plat that like would would maybe fit this bill. In recent years, it hasn't been as good, but would be Overwatch, right? Because that game's gonna be. That, I mean, we already know it's coming to all platforms. We know Overwatch Two is coming to all platforms. It's linked to Overwatch One. It's 
a, a massive confusion as to how Overwatch 2 is a separate game from one because it really isn't. It's like a co-op, it's like a campaign add-on and like an update to multiplayer that you don't need. But um, that's the only other game that I could see that, that that fits the same bill. Why? Because the game does something more than the typical games do. The same games that you're going to see, like, the, the you'll notice I only am bringing up Call of Duty and maybe Overwatch here, right? Like, your Tony Hawk Pro Skaters, they do another one. That'll be exclusive to Xbox. Well, maybe not the, maybe not a remaster of 3 and 4, because, like, Xbox has been finicky with the remasters. Like, Quake went to literally everything under the sun mm -hmm. six months after the Bethesda acquisition. But, you know, we get a brand new Spyro game. That's probably going to be exclusive. You get a brand new Crash game, probably going to be exclusive, right? But these games that are themselves a platform that are kind of, like, larger than any one concept, that they, they're these giant multiplayer platforms that are kind of bigger in some ways than any individual console or platform that they're played on. Uh, like, games like Fortnite, like Destiny 2, like Minecraft, like uh, Call of Duty. They have a life of their own, and it's not just Microsoft that recognizes this concept, right? Like, we, we aren't just seeing this from Microsoft. We saw the same exact action a month or not even a month i think it was a week after the activision blizzard acquisition when sony bought bungie and said not only is destiny this gigantic massive platform that attracts over a million players daily um to, to its system and has a fanatic fan base of at least two people in this podcast um Right, like not only is the future of Destiny confirmed to be multi-platform, Bungie as a whole was stated to be multi-platform for as long as they want to. They will release the games where they want to, right? And they they made it clear that they want to release games literally everywhere that they can. I have a feeling we're going to hear that the that Destiny is going to be coming to like the Epic Game Store and stuff this year at, at their announcement later in August. And so th this isn't an exclusive. Like th this conversation of oh these big money making, community platform driven games being multi platform. This isn't a, a like, oh, Microsoft's doing this. No, it, they're both doing it. And when when you look at the reasons why, it's clear. It's because those games don't they don't serve the same purpose, and they don't want them to serve the same purpose, right? Those games, their raw purpose is to build, freaking tons of money. Right to bring in tons of money to have tons of players. They they excel the more players that they have. The more players you have playing and playing together, the better they are for every individual player, and the more odds that those players are happy and spending money. Right? Fortnite proved this back in the day when they forced uh, crossplay down Sony's throat, and now Sony's kind of all in on it. You know, they're partnering up with Discord. They're partnering up with with um. They're they're bringing they they agreed to sign an MLB contract where the MLB publishes uh, the game on other platforms, but it's still made. Why? Because MLB the show as a concept is bigger for Sony to have as a game and a revenue source than it being exclusive is, right? And so th th this concept of games being bigger than their own platform isn't new. It's And a lot of people on both sides need to kind of accept that, that like these games are just going to be everywhere. They're, they're not going to be changed. In fact, I expect that 
uh, Microsoft's going to use its cloud, a modified version of its cloud tech to bring Call of Duty to the Switch. It just makes sense. You sell it to another hundred mil, uh, another audience of a hundred million, right? Uh, and people will buy it, and they'll they'll come and they'll play it there. Um, and and so you know, Microsoft made great arguments about how like uh, Sony does all this stuff with exclusivity and how you know they they tangle their own words and stuff like that, and they made great arguments against every point Sony made, and then they ended it with the triumphant, and it doesn't even matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because the game that they're worried about, we're not planning to do that. And you can see evidence of not just them doing that in their past with Mojang. You can see evidence of Sony themselves also recognizing this concept, that they have also done the same core concept of the there are certain franchises, certain games, certain ways games are made to be enjoyed that are bigger than an individual platform. And that's going to be the future of Call of Duty. And it was great that they called them out. And I just found it really funny that they were like, and our argument, that this argument is pointless in the first place. That was the, that was the best part to me, that, that a Microsoft executive was like, yeah, this argument is pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, things are getting interesting. Things are getting heated, heated to say the yes. least. Um, you know, the way that the conversations are going right now, especially with, uh, again, going through these different legal channels and different publishers chiming in. Uh, man, I mean, uh, we'll probably hear some more stuff in the uh, not too distant future. Like, I don't, I'm pretty confident about this deal going through personally, but... Uh, probably sooner rather than later but again time will tell you know i don't have a crystal ball in front of me but uh I don't know, i'm not too concerned it's just interesting hearing all these uh, arguments especially coming from sony um let's see who can i pick on here centurion i would love to hear you chime in here um i know you got thoughts on this uh, please share with us what do you think about uh xbox calling out playstation about damn time <laughs> uh, you know, where where do we start in this situation? I've had a few conversations with people uh, that are complete pains in the ass. I've also had conversations with those who I absolutely respect. Um, it's all over the place, that's for sure. Um, but the fundamental thing that I'm taking uh, back from this is everybody c tries to say that Sony's not concerned. They are. Because Sony has been perpetrating the the rules of the sacred plastic garden for years now creating this um barrier uh of entry for developers this barrier of entry for um consumers um while microsoft has been very what we call inclusive uh i have this is one of the reasons why i enjoy the microsoft brand the inclusivity that they try to produce you know let's put it this way sony is so high and mighty but and the number one gaming company in the world but they don't even make their own proverbials for handicapped players microsoft does nope sony leaves it to the third party guys that's sony's history they leave it to the third-party guys. Their first-party studios, all they do is most of the time create third-person, uh, third over-the-shoulder over the shoulder experiences that are cinematically driven. Um, and that's been what they have been known for. Uh, everybody wants to bring up Spider-Man exclusivity. Well, it's really interesting that you do bring that up. Um, let's think about that. That is a franchise that Sony did not create. 
That was something that was created by Stan Lee. God rest his soul. Totally changed. And guess what? Spider-Man has been around longer than PlayStation. So there's no way that PlayStation created Spider-Man. So that is just an instance of Sony buying something that they didn't create. They just happened to be at the right place at the right time to flip out that price tag, just like Microsoft was with Activision, all because the leadership at Activision decided to bomb the the company into the ground, mistreat employees, Bobby Kotick's out of control. Microsoft was in the right place at the right time to make the right offer. So I don't fault any company for being competitive, but I don't like how Sony, you know, let's put it this way. If I was in control of Sony, I would be completely uncomfortable with investing all my money into third-party companies, and the only thing you get is a piece of paper that says, oh, it belongs on your console, but do you get any growth in the company? Do you got developers that are going to that are gonna be able to help expand your company? No, you just basically flipped a, a nickel for a, fi- a game to be some kind of falsehood of exclusivity. Um, And that's pretty much what we all now have with Sony is they weren't growing their developers. They've made some mediocre purchases, nothing on the scale of Microsoft. Microsoft has been growing its developers. They learned their lesson with Scalebound and how investing too much into a third-party system can bite you in the ass. And now we see Sony that is uh, completely – they're upset over the fact that they now have to change their game plan. The The concept that they created of basically pay to play is starting to be broke down because of how inclusive Microsoft is trying to create gaming. Uh, Microsoft has broke down many barriers for people, including developers and consumers. Game Pass has been able to get developers games in the limelight, uh, in the spotlight, whatever you want to call it. Let's look at, at Dusk Falls. Do you really think that game would have been all over social media if it wasn't for Game Pass? Don't get me wrong. It was built by a very great developer. They made a very nice-looking product and a very interesting concept of a game. Game Pass really helped highlight that game and get it all over word of mouth on social media. Sony does not want to compete with Game Pass. They have made that very apparent. They don't like the concept of Game Pass. They don't like the concept of putting money in the gamers' pockets. They'd rather keep charging more for their products. They want gaming to be for the elite. They don't care about the person that breaks his back every single day for minimum wage to basically play games. They, Sony themselves has basically gone out and told gamers to go out and get a second job if you want to play here. That was in the past. And Sony has also done things to me personally. I've had games disappear off of my digital thing, off my digital account. Uh, my console's been hacked. It's been, let's just say Sony is one of the worst consumer companies I've ever dealt with. And every single time they make more moves of anti-consumerism, I keep moving away from Sony. This is why I prefer Xbox and it has nothing to do with the games. It all has to do with how the company runs itself and they actually respect me as a gamer. It also deals with, uh, as dots mentioned, the community, the community over here is absolutely awesome. Um, very accepting of anybody who wants to come in and play games. Don't get me wrong. We all have our our overexcited fanboys over here on Xbox's side that definitely sometimes give us a bad name. But for the most part, 
Xbox has really changed the industry when it comes to how gaming should be done. They showed Sony how to do a better job with, with online multiplayer. Like Xbox Live, yeah, it came out the gate where you had to pay for Xbox Live. Since Xbox Live came out day one, you've had to play it, oh, I mean pay for it over on the PS3 and the PS2. You, well, the PS2, you had to buy it for Herbial, but on the PS3, it was free, but you could see the differences in the two products like it felt like xbox live was superior compared to sony's playstation network because xbox really put a lot of time and effort into it that's microsoft is they have put a lot of time and effort into the xbox brand they've been growing it phil spencer really knocked it out of the park with uh helping readjust things that were done during the beginning of the xbox one era he created game pass they've really been pushing for it and when you see Sony making these tactics of trying to now once again control gaming through contracts and words of print in them by trying to somehow undermine the concept of Game Pass because they don't want to compete. They don't want their games day and day in any service. They don't want to be able to offer gamers a budget-friendly way of experiencing their products. They want that full 70 bucks. We see that right now with, uh, what's it called? The Last of Us remake. Sony, in my opinion, is finally getting a taste of their own medicine. They've been touting all this stuff about exclusive this, exclusive that. And then they got to come over and boo-hoo that Microsoft is going to be able to make a purchase that they couldn't, don't care what you say, they couldn't afford Activision. I'm one of those guys that are just going to flat out and say it. Mike, That's one of the things that Sony doesn't like is the size of Microsoft's pocketbook. Microsoft can sit back and play the slow drip game of making money slowly where Sony needs to be able to make these big bucks very quickly to justify anything. Otherwise, you get chopped. And that's one of the reasons why I'm upset with Sony over days gone. That developer got chopped onto a new project because it didn't make them that great big amount of money very quickly. Right. Um, and yeah, we could go on all day about really the things that I have never been jaded by Sony. I have always saw through the smoke and mirrors. And it's just really interesting now that people are starting to really see it come out because all these court documents are being leaked. Microsoft is starting to finally speak up. And it's just, I don't understand why Sony is throwing this big fit over a game that is going to remain multi-plat. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it's, it sells them. Uh, I mean, it does a lot of business for them. Uh, just, uh, again, being the huge property that it is. Plus, uh, you know, they got a little bit of a stake in it considering the... Uh, like the marketing rights, uh, DLC packs, and so on. Obviously, the past, uh, I guess what, they've been doing that with Call of Duty yeah. since 2015, if I'm not mistaken? Right, yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's one of the All things right. I wanted to ask here in the p panel. Um, could you actually blame the size of Call, of Call of Duty's reach because of PlayStation? Did they create the monster that they now see as a big potential that could hurt them in the long run because they no longer are able to put greatness awaits at the end of these trailers. They're no longer able to shoehorn their way into having map packs early or this early or that early. Oh. They no longer have that edge, and it's like they, they grew Call of Duty into the size that it is. Remember, remember, Xbox 
had all of this before Advanced Warfare. Yes, that's they correct. they had the the exact opposite was true with Xbox. The exact same thing was done. Right, modern uh, like. The, the only Call of Duty I played hardcore and can actually remember most of was Modern Warfare 2. And all of the map packs for Modern Warfare 2 came to Xbox first. And all of the marketing for Modern Warfare 2 was for Xbox. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, it's not like... It, it, it's Modern Xbox doesn't do most of that stuff. Like, the, the only time you really see, like, an exclusive game is when Microsoft adds you know, adds a little money to sweeten a Game Pass deal to that developer. But, like, you know, it's not a requirement to go on Game Pass. They've said that multiple times, and we know it's not true. In fact, we know that going on Game Pass alone isn't, you know, to go on Game Pass, you can also go on other services. Guardians of the Galaxy is in both right now. Huge game. It's in both. Um, right. Right. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't know is just because a developer puts their game into Game Pass, Microsoft doesn't word the contract to where, oh, you can't put it anywhere else. Sony would. And to be fair yeah. to uh, yeah. a comment right. in the chat, uh, you know, Xbox, I don't remember them keeping off, for example, like whole game modes like uh, Sony's yes, done. That, that was something that began last generation. That, that began last generation. You're absolutely right. That entire game mode started to get kept off. Because I, I did not I like did, that. It was like a month, right? Like the, there was never the, the like entire year. That was something that started last generation. And and you're right. Xbox doesn't do this in the modern era, which is which is a very big thing to note. That Centurion is right. That modern Xbox is a very inclusive inclusive. Beast. Oh yeah, and that's what I wanted to point out. That because yeah, everybody always Xbox. brings up the Xbox 360 Call of Duty shenanigans. Yeah. Well, let's. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, go ask Don Matrick how he's doing because he's the one that uh, created that system. Oh shit, that's right. He's not here anymore. <laughs> and that's and Sony should be able to take a little bit of a a little bit of that history right there of, hey, look where it got Don Matrick. Look what it got when he tried forcing people to buy a console with a, a proverbial in it that nobody really wanted. He should have left it out of the box and as an option for those interested in it. That really worked out for him. And let's just say Don Matrick is now like the phantom of the opera in the gaming industry. You don't know where that guy's hiding. Mm -hmm. He destroyed Zynga too. Yep, see, check that yeah. out. Yeah. He, he he caused their stocks to, like, he was CEO for two years. That's where he left. He left before the Xbox One even launched and became the CEO of Zynga. And, like, then he left when their stock prices, like, dramatically fell. That's true. Yeah. It just always annoyed me what uh, happened. Again, I understand, uh, again, that Microsoft, Xbox, they did have certain, like, 30 day deals and so on for certain DLC. Uh, for Call of Duty, but at the same time, very annoying what Sony did, locking out entire modes for a year. That that ticked me off, especially with Call of Duty 2019. Really good game. I was hoping, you know, to see that game mode drop sooner rather than later. But like, it just really, really annoying stuff, you know. Um, was that Spec Ops? I think it was the Spec Ops okay. mode. Yeah. Um, let's see who can I pick on here. We got a big list. Uh, General MLD, buddy. I know you're waiting to chime in and get your thoughts in because this is a pretty juicy topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? Oh yeah, uh, just just to cap off the last little point there. Uh, Call of Duty got made got really big on Xbox. If you wanted on uh, during the the 360 era, that was the home of the first person shooter. I guess play. I guess you can say today. 
It's like Sony's known for their third-person stuff. Xbox is known for the first person. And Call of Duty, it's essentially coming back home. It's coming full circle. That's where it belongs, and I'm glad it's happening. So, but really, but going back, in back to this whole thing here, uh, the, the reports about Sony uh, paying blocking rights to Game Pass and all that stuff. You know, as a Game Pass user, that you know, that kind of irritates me. Like, for example, like, how many games, like, do we know, do we not know of? Like, I think there was reports of Resident Evil uh, Village, but what other, other games are out there that could have been on Game Pass that are now not because, you know, Sony's doing their little tactics that they've always been doing. Like, that just, you know, it seems a little sleazy to me, right up there with, you know, like like you guys said, uh, denying game modes for a year or charging for crossplay behind the scenes. These court documents are really, really good in that they are really just throwing them out, exposing the company for kind of what they do. You could say it's business is business, but I don't know. It just seems it seems like they're going out of their way to keep others down instead of in reinvesting into their own services by comparison. So, but again, we said it before, all pointless complaints because Call of Duty is still multi-platform and they have their own subservice. Nothing is stopping them from putting their own first-party games day one on their subservice. But we all know why they won't do it. They, they don't want the status quo to change. They want to put as much money... Uh, they don't want to put as much money into PlayStation Plus as Xbox does in the Game Pass. They prefer you to spend $70 per game every year, every generation, for all time. That's what they want to do. They don't want to do what Xbox is doing. I don't think they got the money for it. I don't think they want to put up the money for it. They prefer the money up front. That's just what they do. But I can argue, and many argue, that's just not as consumer-friendly. I think Xbox is good for being inclusive, giving options. And I think more and more are seeing this very, very big difference, this very wide value perception. But I think it's overall, though, like the fact that they're even complaining at all, knowing that the game is multi-plat, I think it's because they know the COD effect, like having the, the PlayStation logo on all commercials, the PlayStation exclusive bundle, the uh, PlayStation exclusive beta, or like the, the, the beta first on PlayStation, things like that. It gets the gamers flock into their console. It creates a snowball effect. Friends tell their friends. And going forward, one way or another, it's going to be on Xbox. We're going to see a Series S Call of Duty bundle sometime in the not-too-distant future. You're going to see Xbox logos plastered next to Call of Duty and Warzone and what have you. If they're smart, they'll give exclusive perks if you're on Xbox or in the Xbox ecosystem. I think that is what they are really concerned about. It's the slow erosion of their market share. And now they got to find someone else to money hat going forward because it can't be Activision Blizzard anymore. They've been they've been uh, tapping that well for years. And now now they got to start looking out for someone else now. Maybe they're going to have their sights set on what on the Grand Theft Auto franchise now. Who knows? But it can't be Call of Duty. That's for sure. Can't be Bethesda anymore. That's for sure there too. So it is a little amusing that Xbox, they're seeing where Sony is putting their money. Like, you know, with Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, like those being the last contracts from Bethesda, but they can't do that anymore. Xbox, they keep buying out the companies themselves as Sony is money hatting. And I'm curious to see where Sony's money now goes next. And let's see if Xbox has an eye on them too in the future going forward. We'll see. But overall, uh, I think we all said it before, this, this, my Xbox... Um, it, they, uh, they, they conflicted Sony's points point for point, proved them all wrong, all meaningless. In the end of the day, Sony has to like, suck, suck it up. Tough luck. Compete. You've been doing this for years, 
and now Xbox has finally got the weight of Microsoft behind them. Suck it up, compete, do your thing. So I that's would, my message. Yeah, and I would say MLD too, it's just the ever-evolving uh, situation going on in the industry, right? Um, it's not so much, I mean, all, all these different companies, uh, publishers, they, I mean, obviously they go get content, get third party content and so on. Um, but the structures now is not the same as it was back in the 360 era. Now it's going towards, uh, subscription services and other goodies added in there. Um, and then when you see like these whole, uh like these games certain games getting um i guess you almost want to say money had it for like you know and we don't know when they're coming to certain systems there's like a vagueness to them you know that just really sucks right so oh 100 mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. mld said something that i completely forgot about and that was the paying to keep stuff off game pass um i'm mad and i understand why I'm mad that the 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 transcripts were so redacted um, from from the Brazilian uh, legal offices. I mean, they have to be because they have actual details of actual non-public contracts. But like, I want to know in regards to the keeping stuff off of Game Pass if that extends past like a marketing agreement because that makes sense to have that kind of clause in a marketing agreement because you'd be paying all that money for marketing and then someone and then you're just going to another company and they're going to be doing marketing for you too. Like that, that's not how that, that's not how a marketing agreement between two companies is ever going to work. Um, yeah, like uh, Battlefield Two, Battlefield, or sorry, Battlefront Two. It was uh, since it was since you had EA Play, you Xbox owners would be able to, or Game Pass subscribers would get to play that first ten hours before, because uh, that's at that time where uh, EA Play or whatever wasn't on uh, Sony. So even though Sony had the marketing rights, Xbox players were playing it 10 hours or, you know, 10 hours and playing it like, I think a week. Yeah, that, that's why they have early. those contracts in place, right? <laughs> that's exactly that why those contracts are in place. And um, yeah, you know, so like it makes sense that Resident, I, I know it annoys people that, that like those terms were in the Resident Evil 8 contract, but that's why Sony was using its marketing space like space slots on there that they could sell to other people slots on their like console ui home screen where they have the ads they were selling the the space that they have on their social medias to market because like that is worth money right like not any game just gets put up in there they, they you know it costs those companies something to put stuff up in there and they want to make sure that they're not getting screwed over by marketing a game that like isn't going to give them the return on what they're putting in right now and, and I, I think in this day and age it's almost stupid to create these these weird marketing deals outside of like the e3 showcases because like we've been saying we're moving to this like all digital all streaming service kind of era and like it's kind of like almost getting to be like a bygone a bygone effort in some in some cases and um where and your money could be spent a lot better but like if they're spending the money there it makes sense that they're protecting that investment with the with those terms i'm interested to know if they have made any uh if they've signed any agreements that are specifically like hey you can't go on game pass and that's the agreement right because we don't know about anything about it like that we don't know if they've done anything like that and microsoft's wording hinted that they did but everything's so redacted that like i can't definitively say so i'm not going to go out and say microsoft uh, that sony's like just paid 
to keep games off of Game Pass, and that's like all they did, right? Because um, at this point, the only one that we as the public are aware of is the Resident Evil 8 one, and that was part of a marketing deal, which makes sense that they, they had that clause in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, interesting takes, interesting takes, guys. Uh, Shockley, buddy, I would love to know uh, what your thoughts are. Do you agree with what everybody else is saying about, uh, you know, with regards to Xbox calling out PlayStation? Or, you know, do you have some other thoughts that, uh, you know, you could expand on? Please share with us. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sony's only saying this now. Like, obviously, they were kind of like <laughs> worried when the first uh, announcement of the buying Activision or the offer was going out because they were like, uh, "Yeah, we're uh, we're hopeful that you know they you know honor these deals that we have in place or you know keep you know some of those franchises that are known to be on our platform because they know if." you know, somehow Microsoft got this deal through and got, say, Call of Duty straight, say, for example, straight exclusive, um, like we think Elder Scrolls will be, um, that's a huge move. That's That would, you know, not to say, like, you know, Sony would be shaking in their boots, but I'm just like, they would, that's a big chunk of the revenue uh, when their first-party games, you know, in between their first-party game releases, um, or if they have a, you know, not so much going on like last year, they had, you know, they had a uh, game that they foot the bill for with Returnal and uh, Ration Clank. So that was pretty much what they're bringing in first party wise. Um, so them taking someone taking Call of Duty away from them, uh, that would be pretty big um, to their like revenue stream. Um, and that would probably move a lot of the casual market. You know, if you couldn't get it on PlayStation, well, that's a huge amount of the casuals that might play Call of Duty and then, you know, jump on Madden or things like that um, and other and spend money in the, you know, ecosystem, you know, in between when they just want to break from a Call of Duty game. Um, but yeah, this recent release that we got from Brazil, since they're very open <laughs> with their, um, I guess, their statements or their whatever they have to their whole review process. And that's why we're kind of hearing because we weren't really hearing the, this, like the inside of this, of what was going on when they were doing all these, you know, reviews or regulation reviews uh, in all these other countries. But I guess with Brazil, it's pretty open. And uh, Sony, I mean, it's funny. They're both exaggerating on both ends. Like, so Sony saying, Oh my God, this would be, you know, terrible and it's not fair. And, and then, on this other side, you have Xbox saying, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, all these games are on Activision. They're just, they're nothing special. It's like, you know, Sony has their special games. There's, you know, this is no different. So, um, so they're all both just kind of pleading their case because, you know, if Sony, even though Sony knows that Microsoft's, I guess, honoring the deal or they've had talks with Phil or whatever, they still don't want the deal to go through because who knows, you know, what could happen in the future. So <laughs> if they could just like, hey, Sway, the you know regulators to not put the deal through then they're like cool we don't even have to you know sweat it in the future um so that's kind of where that whole side's coming from but um the whole deal they both keep i mean so so far lately xbox hasn't done like some of the like deals that are kind of you know grimy in a sense like those destiny deals where it's like hey you'll get to you get this content um you know, in a year, and then they extend it. 
oh and then yeah if you want this you want this content um well you're gonna have to go back to destiny one to get it after still don't have jade rabbit in d1 (laughs) yeah it's like yeah i'm gonna go back to destiny one after destiny 2 has been out a year just so i can enjoy this gun i never got to play with that's not gonna happen and that's different because that's People, I already gave, I'm giving the same amount of money as PlayStation gamers would have given, but I'm getting less content. And some of those, it would be one thing if some, it was just some of those weapons, but they're, they, some of the weapons and there were like some of the top tier, like freaking weapons in the whole thing. And then you're also missing out on like other strikes, things like that. If it was just like some extra, like, hey, you got the skin or something, but they had some like exotics that were you know lights out they were nerfed by the time they the cool factor was nerfed by the time they even reached xbox players um so that's the part where i have an issue with whenever some of those deals go down and it's the same consumer i'm giving you my 60 dollars they're giving you their 60 dollars but i'm getting less content for it it's one thing if it's a year exclusive i'm not giving my money away you know it's not coming to me so then either i bought it on playstation or it didn't i'm not getting screwed out of my money <laughs> so that's so it's a little bit different so obviously microsoft hasn't done like those deals in a way i know people think the whole buying bethesda is that but that's no that's them investing who knows if all of those studios would still be making games they may have like you know cons- we've seen that with publishers consolidate um hell you saw activision everybody like hey that tony hawk remake was really cool um yeah scrap that we're gonna (laughs) start making call duty with all the other you know publish all the other uh studios that we have um so you you know you never know what's gonna happen they could consolidate even when the studio's successful like visceral with dead space nope (laughs) so who knows what publishers can do especially if they're um you know, especially with Bethesda, they have been, if, it seems like they've kind of slowed down in the past from what they were doing at the beginning of the, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so then Sony or uh, Xbox coming along and investing, you know, that's giving more life to probably newer projects that probably weren't going to make it. You know, stuff like when you see with Obsidian with like Grounded, that some people are going to enjoy that game, probably wasn't going to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, but if uh, Obsidian didn't, Uh, get an investor you know basically fully bought out from uh, Microsoft so some of those deals are different so um, I get what Sony's doing because they don't have maybe the cachet to or feel comfortable spending the money because it'd be a bigger chunk of their uh, revenue to buy out a whole Square Enix or you know a publisher like that so doing these deals is kind of their way to that's what they've been doing for since the you know the PS2 (laughs) like they I mean a lot of those were you know, year exclusive Grand Theft Auto. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of their MO. Um, I think Microsoft kind of like copied some of that in the 360 days when they were up, you know, on top and they're like, well, this kind of what, this kind of the deals that get made. So we're going to, you know, fly back with our, you know, money as well. Um, but lately they've kind of seen the light of like, hey, it's actually going to work better for us instead of us trying to hold their players back. We're going to invest and buy the publishers that we need and then make kind of, you know, chop up the barriers to where it's, we're going to, you know, broaden our base. Kind of like what I say with this whole Square Enix stuff about them doing the whole, hey, we're not going to 
bring Final Fantasy VII, probably one of the biggest freaking IPs in all of gaming. Um, whereas you have Namco, uh, Bandai Namco bringing Persona to everyone. That's how you I grow. That's gotten more mainstream lately. That's how you, you jump on the bandwagon and grow it. So hopefully it gets even more mainstream than what it's become. So <laughs> that's my two cents all. <laughs> Take a break there. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Today on Shockley Soapbox, <laughs> no man, no, um, no, I, uh, I totally get what you're saying. Um, no, interesting takes, interesting takes all around. Uh, anyone else have uh, anything to add before we uh, move on here? Yes, no. I, I wanted to touch one thing that Centurion said mm -hmm. about how Sony's really pushing for those, you know, big cash grabs all at once. Um, obviously, we don't uh, like Crusader said though. We don't have all the details on these blocking fees, but it almost seems the opposite of these big crash grabs. The fact that these blocking fees, if they're if they are hitting smaller, even like third party games or you know second party games, obviously the big first party games as well. But you know if it is hitting those lower branches on the tree, that's not big cash grabs. That's desperate grabs. At a little bit. That's little, you know, chunks of change out of people, which for them is, you know, you know, small, you know, gold doubloons from each person. Obviously, for the the smaller companies, that could possibly be a big chunk that's saying, "All right, you want to go on Game Pass? Well, you're gonna have to pay up, and that's money that you needed to save for continuing to develop your game, your first patches, paying your people, or you know, your your small." five-person group then that you need that to you know progress the game and now sony is like saying well we don't know if your game's going to be successful or not but we're gonna you know take a chunk out if you want to go on game pass because we want to make sure that we get something out of it that's not a big cash grab once again we don't know if that's a factual thing or not but it, it just it, it it goes to what centurion said on that and just the fact that you know these not these smaller devs are in danger to some some big you know marketing strategy like that because that that hurts it really does hurt i have to agree with dots because let's also point out because of what was going on uh between apple and epic uh the bethesda purchase the bungie buyout and now the activision thing out of all the stuff that's been going on with the ftc lately um, one of the things that did come out is that Sony, it was caught that Sony was charging what they called the cross play tax. If you wanted your game to be cross play, they had a fee for that. And I really do. I really do like how you put it that way. For some reason, Sony wants those big cash grabs, but also they are like literally trying to nickel and dime everything they can. All right. All right. Some interesting uh, thoughts here again, like, all like all these publishers uh to be fair they all have their own like um they all do different kind of exclusivity deals and whatnot like they're all guilty in the past of something but uh i don't know i just i kind of like xbox's path personally how they're taking things and it's interesting to see how the other publishers are reacting again to uh still the mega deal that was announced in january of xbox purchasing uh, Activision Blizzard King. Um, it's gonna again when this deal finishes, it's gonna send shockwaves throughout the industry. And yeah, I'm uh, I don't know. I'll just be curious to see how they all react when it's all uh, signed, sealed, and official. But uh, okay, guys. All right, all right, uh, guys in the chat. I hope you're uh, enjoying our discussion. 
And if you are, please, hey, give this video a thumbing and, hey, share it out. Let everybody know that we are live because we're having a pretty awesome conversation, if I do say so myself. All right. Uh, okay, why don't we move on to the next bit of news? And earlier this week, Microsoft and Unity, Unity Software, announced a partnership between the two. Unity has selected Microsoft Azure as its cloud partner to create and power real-time 3D experiences utilizing the power of Azure Cloud. Now, Crusader, my friend, I'll uh, pick your brain first on this one. What's the overall significance of this pairing between the two? Um, is there any significance? Because, uh, like, you see key Xbox personnel such as Sarah Bond being, well, very excited about this partnership. Yeah, so this is similar to that Sega partnership um, from a few months ago. I think that was a few months ago, where like Sega was saying that they were going to come work with Azure Cloud and you know the to to develop new tech and stuff. That's the same thing that's happening here with Unity. Um, now this is a very mixed bag because Unity is in a very weird state in the gaming sphere right now. Like they have a lot of very powerful technology under their belt. Um, their engine is probably one of the easiest for any beginner to come in and mm -hmm. learn how to make a game. Um, I've made a few games in it in college for game jams as part of like our computer science club and stuff like way back when. And, you know, um, but Unity is in a little bit of hot water right now because they were teaming up with, uh, or they're planning to merge with a company called Centurion. Is it Iron Source? It's, yeah, Iron Source, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that, yep. Yeah, and Iron Source is was at one point, I don't know if they are anymore, but at one point they were blacklisted from operating on Microsoft stuff because of malware distribution through ads that they kind of did. Like, it wasn't, like, their company doing it, but it was the ads that they were, like, hosting through their, through their stuff that had malware in them. Like, the kind of ads you see on adult sites. Um where like a billion pop-ups happen and suddenly your computer's infected. Um, that was the kind of ads that this company was kind of doing and it's not great. Um, and Unity is currently set to merge with them, but like it gets even weirder because there's another mobile company who has come out and offered a larger deal. Cause right now it's technically like Unity's shopping around period. So like if they were to cancel uh, the, um, the proposed merger, they wouldn't have to pay a penalty because right now other companies have the right to come in and also bid and try to merger. We saw this happen with Codemasters mm -hmm. when they were supposed to be bought by 2K, but EA came in with a better deal and ended up buying Codemasters. Uh, mm -hmm. So we we may see them merge with another company, but it, it's this is just a very interesting scenario. And, and all, all it means is that most likely for Xbox gamers or gamers in general, Xbox studios or like parties that are like external studios that like people refer to as second party when they're when they're publishing microsoft and sony don't use that internally so i don't i try not to use that they're they're first party too like the game is first party the studio is third party um no no one internally at any publishing company calls them second party uh the, there's a great thread from insomniac about that um and it means that they might be using unity more if they want to right Unreal is great. There's there's a lot of really cool things that you can do with Unreal. Like we've seen the the stuff from those tech demos that you can oh, do yeah. with Epic's Unreal, right? Looks awesome. But in my opinion, the best looking game of all time, uh, 
love the game. It's in my top ten. Um, it's the genre that 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 doesn't drive as much with me. Is Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Mm -hmm. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a gorgeous game. You know what engine that's made in? Unity. It's made in Unity. Unity is a very powerful tool in the hands of the correct people. Now, it it, it it's easier to learn, but it is harder to get to that point than Unreal. Whereas Unreal is harder to learn. It is more complicated. But it is easier to master and to do incredible looking things with. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see exactly what happens with Unreal. Likely this is going to help people. They're, they're going to come in and they're going to optimize a version of the engine that runs better on Azure servers or is more optimized to run on an Xbox Blade in the cloud so that uh, the game latency doesn't matter as much and things like that. And they, they can overcome things like we're talking about like the like solutions kind of like Project Orion and stuff like that, that like we could see some cross integration. We could see just like games performing better in cloud services in general and things like that. So like this is a very, very, very cool technology thing. And like Unity also has some very cool, you know, it's a partnership that could grow because all partnerships can grow, right? Like I'm like, there's not going to be an acquisition or anything like that, but um, Unity owns Peter Jackson's VFX company from mm -hmm. that he founded with like the Lord of the Rings days when he made the greatest film trilogy of all time, and and I'll die on that hill. People can fight me. Um, <laughs> uh, My clerics, there's only one trilogy is oozing out right now, but yeah. no, I'll stay. I'll stay quiet. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> trilogy. We know the reference. It. It's okay, but it's not cinema masterpiece. Um. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, they have that VFX company, and that's something that Microsoft could be like, hey, we want to use that VFX company because we got a really cool idea for some, like, really cool thing in a game. Because we're seeing, like, Unreal Engine and stuff leak into film, and we're also seeing film stuff leak into gaming with, like, Ember Labs. The Ember Labs devs, before they were game developers, were visual effects artists for, um, like, Pixar-style stuff, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um and look at what they made right look at what that tiny studio made kenna bridge of spirits gorgeous game you know what i mean gorgeous and you got a partnership with microsoft and unity well you can see that stuff with peter jackson's vfx studio because partnerships grow right and people whenever you see technology company collaborating with another technology company you should be excited for the future of what them sharing technologies can hold, even if it's not stipulated in that deal. And that goes for any company working with any company, right? Sony investing into Epic, fantastic. Why it's gonna grow Epic? Cause they're not buying Epic. They don't have the capital to buy Epic. They don't even own more than like 3% of Epic. They don't have a control, like they don't have any control over the company, but they're investing in it. And guess what? Unreal Engine is gonna be better for it, right? So any kind of these partnerships, I, I, I love to see. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, you are correct on that. And just to add on, like that bio proposal, it's from uh, the 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 corporation's called App Lovin. I guess they're Mass, another. That's it. They're another. Uh, again, another like software entity. I guess they 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 focus more on like some mobile games, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they're they're a mobile game, and I believe mobile they do mobile ads, just kind of like Iron Source does. But they're a bigger company, and they offered more money in their merger. They offered mm -hmm. a better merger terms than um mm -hmm. than Unity had before. So I actually expect Unity to cancel their um merger with uh 
I'll be curious. Iron, whatever. I'll be curious because I don't think Unity is really all that interested from what I was reading. So um, shareholders are what matter. No, no, no. Of course, and shareholders <laughs> are like what Harris matter. Yeah. CEO. <laughs> but I'm just curious because again, it's almost like a hostile takeover. <laughs> so yeah. And then it kind of screws. Uh, like I don't know. It's just gonna be interesting because I think it cancels out. Um that buyout from unity of iron source as well so well yeah they're, they're both mergers if i'm not mistaken like they're merging the, mm -hmm. they're, they're not like it's not like one company's buying another they're merging uh the, there's terms where each of them get certain aspects of like how much of the board they control and who appoints the board and stuff like that like this isn't your typical like like of, of mna this isn't the a portion like like the like microsoft is acquiring activision blizzard this is two companies merging to form another another brand new company like discovery and uh um uh times warner just did mm -hmm. right right no that's a good comparison uh dots i would love to hear your thoughts on this uh, i mean microsoft unity sounds pretty uh cool that uh, they're working together um well, i don't know what do you, what's your take on this do you agree with what uh, crusader's saying uh please give us your thoughts me agree with crusader i wouldn't um <laughs> um no, not, not not to speak the taboo, but oh my god, Unity on Game Pass. Um, <laughs> no, to, <laughs> to to give my honest thought on that, um, I think the a, a partnership like that would be strong. Um, really, honestly, segueing from the last conversation of tr an actual true love with third party developers, and you know the complete opposite of what Sony's doing, like giving them if. If, say, for example, they put it on Game Pass, I'm sure there would be more stipulations. It would not just be included. But, I mean, hell, I could be wrong. Um, but, like, imagine that, you know, expanse of creativity and people who can not only get Unity from the, either just Xbox in general or Game Pass or in general or whatever, but, you know, be able to stream it through their... Uh, Unity's what? a game engine, not a, not a game. I know. So? Okay. It wouldn't go on Game Pass. No, well, it would go on a, a pass. I don't know. Like they could add it in like Netflix or something. I don't know. But like the, the just the idea that if Xbox, you know, if Microsoft has you know that connection with them, really expanding the third-party platform for Microsoft and you know the support for them, um, it, it, it would it would be great. Like I said, just the complete opposite of Sony. You know, giving that support, giving that love to these people, and you know. Uh, Crusader gave, you know, Ori and Will the I had uh, Ori and the Blind Forest on my list, but you know, Pokemon Go, people are still causing uh, car accidents with it. Um, Cuphead, they're making a, a, they have a TV show about it now. Fall Guys, uh, my friend group and Crusader, you know, go nuts over playing that game. Hollow Knight, people are still frothing over the what from the mouth when they hear about Silk Song. Uh, Escape from Tarkov. I hear a lot of people enjoy that game. Uh, Among Us is literally the biggest, one of the biggest memes in existence, and I still hear five-year-olds talk about it to this day. To much, you know, my spine shivering every time I hear it. And even personally for me, uh, V Rising. I play that with my girlfriend and some of my friend group. Fantastic game. Early access. Give it a try. Honestly, it's a, it's fantastic. But no, I th I think that giving uh partnering with microsoft microsoft and you know giving more people's the people those tools through the azure cloud service would be awesome and i think that that would 
put Microsoft in a really an even stronger third party position than it already currently is. Um, and uh, I was also going to say uh, Unity's also still been busy because I saw um on Thursday they were also making deals with the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, military defense forces about mm. um some defense simulation um uh, programs uh you know game like functionalities. And so, you know, Unity is—it's not just with Microsoft. They're—they're they're popping off some some deals recently, and it, it's not going to stop. So, I think Unity's up for some big changes, some big plans. Um, Microsoft as a partner would be fantastic, and uh, I guess the U.S. military as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to add to that too. I mean, you're right. They did a—they just made a three-year, multi-million-dollar contract for digital simulation technology. So. Uh, video game simulation, I suppose, uh, which is pretty big. Um, they also have uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, chose them for their infotainment system. Uh, so pretty big brand there. And uh, they want to expand further into China, from what I'm to understand as well. So uh, they got uh, a lot of plans. I know that in the you know in recent months uh, they haven't been doing so well, but uh, they got some pretty big uh, announcements within the past uh, month or so. So uh, you know, things. I mean, I would say it's looking up, but uh, then again, you got this company uh, kind of look you know wanting to acquire them. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh general mld buddy i'll hit you up next on this uh i don't know what do you think about uh unity and microsoft uh making an official partnership here because you know it could make for other like uh like developers uh you know let the unity engine uh is used by a lot of uh Big name games have come out, even indie games, especially. Look at uh, Tunic, I think, for example, recently used it. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your take on this? Uh, do you think it's a big plus for Microsoft? I think it's uh, it's obviously it's a good play. It's good news, and I think we'll see the benefits not in the short term, but as the years go on. I, I'd say. Uh, I think it's just the it's just the idea of uh, Microsoft having a lot of hands and a lot of different cookie jars at the same time. Like the more the better. Like they got the thing with Sega with that with that. Uh, they got the coalition which is working with Epic Games on optimizing like Unreal Engine. Like all the deals they've been all the games they've been doing lately. The collaborations. Then you got uh, now now you got Unity. Like hey, more the merrier. Azure fees that they're going to be paying Microsoft, that is just going to print money year after year. It's the easiest money they, they, they're going to make, essentially. And this will uh, be essentially used to, uh, I would I would think, to reinvest more into other things like, hey, more gaming acquisitions. Whatever profit they make from, uh, from this, they'll, they'll funnel it right back into their investments, right back into gaming, or at least, I hope so, at least in part. So, yeah. Uh, nothing but good news on this on this end because Unity is obviously very popular, and the cozier they get, you know, the the better uh, deals they can make in the future. Like as long as uh, uh it's mutually beneficial, like you know, I scratch my back, uh, sorry, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, that kind of thing. If they save a little bit of money on this. Then, hey, who knows what collaborations or deals uh, they can make in the future? So uh, in the end, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, just looking at the games list in recent years, uh, what use Unity, uh, Cuphead, which, hey, I love Cuphead, a very visually striking game, uh, very fun, very frustrating too, but fun. Um, you what? got past the tutorial level, right? Oh, uh, you know what? Oh, I think I know that video you're talking about. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. Kakashi. I had I had to use this. Um, I had to look that up on YouTube. You know, uh, get uh, somebody's uh, strategies. You know, a quick guide. You know, it, it was very tough for me. What can I say? Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Super Lucky's Tale, Tannenberg, Fall Guys, Fall Guys, Ukulele. Oh yeah, like I had no remasters. idea any games were made with this stuff. Like until like this news yeah. broke. Over a lot of re- Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying Overcooked, Pillars of Eternity, Subnautica, Wasteland Three, Wasteland Three. Oh yeah, even again a bunch three. of first party Wasteland studios. Three. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Death's Door was. Right, that was a game that won a few Game of the Year awards last year and was talked very highly of. Right, you had Inscription. Inscription was a huge. I mean, they're indie games, sure, but these are big, good games. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, great. You're not getting the AAA gigantic games with this, right? That's not everything that gaming is. I'm sorry, it never will be. No. Right, there are plenty of great minor games. One of the biggest games the the last week that people won't stop talking about cult of the lamb that's not a unity game right but like that game is getting more coverage than some triple a games do you know like I, like it, it it maddens me when people are like unity is only for indie trash and i'm like well indie i joke with my one friend that you know that indies are trash i love indies uh, i play a lot of them <laughs> um you know and like, there's tons of good games um, that, that that come out with uh, uh, Unity. Another big one that's coming out this year that I know a couple people on this panel are excited for is Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous. All right. The the, the Pathfinder RPG. Um, it's already out in PC. You know that that was made in it. Um, a lot of remasters are done it because it's pretty easy if if you if it's a very old game and you know what the game is supposed to do and stuff. It's pretty easy to recreate older games in Unity. Right? A lot of fan projects. You'll see a lot of fan remakes are done in Unity. Why? Because it's really easy. Um, the Shin Megami Tensei 3, whatever the name, there's like three more words in the name, uh, of the Shin Megami Tensei 3 remaster, that was done in Unity. The The new Pokemon, um, the remakes of Diamond and Pearl, Unity. Right? Um, and, and so Unity is a powerful tool if you use it for the right things. Yeah, it's probably not for large AAA games. It doesn't matter. It's for you can make good games in it. There's plenty of good and, games. And, and and you know what's great about that is when you hear about these third-party games, whether they're made through Unity or otherwise, you're not hearing about delays or you know pushbacks or anything unlike these triple a first party games so you keep that in mind except for hollow knight yes silk song doesn't exist we saw it this year and i still don't believe it exists exists. (laughs) damn well even uh again we had the director of 12 minutes on there his game is uh he he was it was done on unity as well lots of uh games uh big and small being done on unity um so i mean like you were saying crusader um the engine's not for everyone but it's very useful for uh developers well at least in the beginning stage anyways it's an easier one to uh start making games on so i don't know it just it seems like it has a lot of uh a lot of broader appeal anyways 
Uh, let's see here. Who else do I got? Uh, Shockley, buddy. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts, too, on this. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Xbox getting involved with, or I should say Microsoft getting involved in this partnership with Unity? Do you think it's a good thing about, uh, you know, them being uh, being able to uh, use the Azure to, again, let developers uh, use the tools, the kits that Unity provides? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good it's going to be just you know giving more more money into their um or just more uh stronger with their azure um as far as like the people that support it so and that's just going to help their overall gaming and just as a base and their whole initiative of with this whole cloud streaming you know if they have more and more people jumping on board it's just going to help the cloud gaming aspect of it and um so yeah, I mean it's definitely beneficial to what they're doing. So it sounds like they'll have everybody on board, Sony, Sega. Um, pretty much if it's gaming and you need cloud, <laughs> you know, Azure's pretty much the go-to. So um but yeah, it's definitely in in that aspect it's good for you know Xbox gamers because we're probably gonna see some benefit from it from Azure being so strong and and Microsoft really investing in cloud, so. But yeah, I I didn't know I didn't read up too much on it, but any more support uh, towards their whole uh, cloud initiative over, you know, another, that's just going to put more money and more uh, development in that uh, in that area. All right, all right, yeah, no, I, I yeah, no, that's uh, some good thoughts there, Shockley. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's certainly good for developers, uh, big and small, to leverage that. Um, and just, over, you know, overall a good thing for Xbox to uh, push there with Unity. Uh, Centurion, uh, well, what are your, what's your take on this? Uh, do you agree with what all the other guys on the panel are saying, or uh, do you have any other thoughts to add to this? Um, I've agreed with everybody here. Um, you know, general general MLD probably had the most positive things that I, um that I off top of my head by saying that this is going to be some money that Microsoft will be able to invest back into their own ecosystem. Um, but if I if Microsoft could be listening right now, I would say tread carefully. Um, you know, as uh, Crusader pointed out, um, they are going to be merging with Iron Source. Um, I, they no longer develop malware, so they say, um, because malware was actually their first, uh, their first actual developed software that Iron Source came out with. Um, and uh, I don't know if it was Iron Source or somebody at Unity that talked to GameIndustry.biz uh, that pointed out that, that these were some bad apples that were at the company that didn't fit the company's values that tried to, to take advantage of the PC platform. Mm -hmm. um, and they have and the software hasn't been in development for years now. But we now we're let's talk about John Riccatello or whatever his name is. Um, excuse my French, but this is the guy that called indie game develop or any game developer that doesn't monetize their game to the point where it turns into an absolute nasty grind fest, uh, a fucking idiot, quote unquote. He used the F word. Um, this is probably considered the, the hot take of 2022, and it will probably uh, remain that way. Uh, we got to remember John Riccatello is one of the individuals that came from the era of EA games of where first player games are dead. Nobody wants to play them. They have no place in the gaming industry anymore. We all saw how that worked out for EA. 
Um, he wasn't the one who made that comment, but he can he comes from the same group of executives that cooked up that concept. Um, John Riccatello has done a lot of damage to the Unity name and brand because of his comments. Um, a lot of uh, independent developers that make really great, great games that everybody here has mentioned. Uh, a lot of these independent developers um, have decided to uh, move on from the Unity engine. Um, but that's because uh, Unity has decided to show that they are not interested in growing smaller developers. Um, one developer put it out that they're trying to become the next uh, like unicorn of Silicon Valley. Uh, basically, they're trying to, to chase bigger uh, ambitions, more money. Um, and a lot of the moves that they have made recently, especially with uh, the Unity engine and acquiring Iron Source, um, have really pushed a lot of independent developers away. Um, and now that a lot of like a lot of things that go under like under the radar is everybody knows how great the Unity engine is and how it can be so easy to work with. But there's also something in the engine called Unity Ads. Um, if you're familiar with being on Google, we know Google is one of the greatest search engines in the world right now. And if you're part of you, the YouTube community or you own your own business or you do stuff online, you know that Google also has the Google ad system, a way of actually creating monetization through searching and other means. And this is something that was done also in the Unity engine. There is a complete separate side of the software for developers to basically, as John Riccatello says it, be able to implement monetization as early as possible into a game. So they, and that's why they've made leaps and bounds in mobile gaming, because we all know what it's like to be playing a mobile game and have an advertisement pop up or something of, Hey, buy yeah. more gems here for this. That's built into the unity engine now. Um, and so that's where I say to Microsoft tread lightly um, because I know that they they're wanting to support gaming developers, but they also need to realize that unity isn't exactly there for the gaming developer. They're there for the almighty dollar at the end of the day. Um, and that's where I'm going to be very curious on how long this partnership is going to last or really what Microsoft uh, plans to gain from it. Um, I really feel that if anybody has to gain from this partnership, it's unity. And that is to try to reverse some of the damage that they have done to themselves with the things they've said and the things they've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. Obviously, his comments were, yeah, they were a bit of a PR nightmare at the time. Um, I know he made some comments after the fact saying, oh, you know, they were taken out of context. I don't know how much you can take them out of context, but uh, maybe he misworded them. Uh, his, I don't know. <laughs> his, rebut his rebuttals on social media, I guarantee he did not create those rebuttals. That was him going crying to his law team. Oh, I messed up. And they wrote him a letter of what to say on social media. His apologies were completely one mm -hmm. of the most scripted things you could ever read. Right. Yeah. And it's easy to tell that. Um, like, honestly, I'm a big fan of unity despite uh like uh, like uh, all the points that you guys brought up obviously malware not good but hopefully it was just by again a couple of bad apples um and you know there's been a few things said that haven't been good obviously but i i still think like for myself that uh unity's engine itself is still very useful very popular well 
I, I think it can be an even more popular engine uh, given the support, and I'm just kind of curious to see how it turns out. Obviously, they're making strides with other ventures, but I don't know. As it stands now, I think Unity's in a place where um, they can go upwards, but eh, that's just me. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys in the chat think? Uh, do you think Unity can turn it around, especially with all these partnerships? Let us know. Okay, and uh, you know what, guys? I actually, yeah, I have oh, one thing. Yeah, go no, for it. I had to think too. You, you go first, Crusader. No, go for I was it. gonna reference something that Dot said, that he said very well, and it was that when he switched from Game Pass to Azure, it sparked a point in my mind that during COVID, what happened? What happened to developers during COVID? Besides, all their games got delayed. Why did they all get delayed? About, this oh, is well, me asking the panel. Well, they were all work, the working office. from home. Right. Yeah, lack and, of communication. And, and why did working from home hit them so hard? What's the biggest reason that it hit them so hard? Well, I'm All their tools are at their offices. Yeah. There you go. So if Unity is on an Azure server and they can develop their... They can, instead of having to be at a set workspace, they can do all of their work from an Azure server and basically log into it from any computer. That's huge, Right. And that's something we could even see Epic come and partner with them with, or maybe Epic will go to Amazon, right? It's all well. Epic's all pretty close to Sony right now. Well, Sony doesn't have a a, a cloud infrastructure, right? There, yeah. There's three companies with a global cloud infrastructure that can facilitate people: AWS, Amazon, yeah. Azure from Microsoft, and I don't remember what Google's cloud services are called, but Google has them. Um, might just be Google Cloud Services. Yeah, I think so. Um, so those are the three companies that if you, if you really want a large-scale global deployment of, like, Cloud Blades, those are the companies you're going to. Um, but, like, PlayStation went to AWS for um, uh, PS Now. What well, now PS Plus Premium. Um, so Unity partnering with Azure... You know, I'm thinking they're going to be implementing things into Unity and stuff. Maybe this is like th th this partnership could be. Hey, you can rent for super cheap Azure workstations, essentially, for Unity development, right? And that solves a problem that the industry has right now, where you know a, a pandemic destroyed the industry for months and months and months and we're still feeling it we're going to feel it the whole way through this generation right because we're, we're going to feel game shortages in in weird bunches because of the the peaks and falls of um of the of the pandemic and how that delayed even the start of development for games right so how do we solve that how do we make it so that well you know it's probably it, it could happen again but how do we lessen the impact should something like this happen again um anywhere or something similar that causes developers to not be able to go into their building like say god forbid like an earthquake strikes and now developers can't you know their their building's gone right azure or aws and having the game development setups set up there and i think that that might actually be what this partnership is and if that's the case that's big Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. I could certainly see the forward-thinking approach there, uh, if that is the case with uh, uh, Microsoft and Unity. Uh, sorry, Dots, go ahead. I believe you yeah. had something to say. 
Oh, well, other than I think Crusader sponsored by Azure after that little conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just just a funny point off a of Centurion when he because uh, I I was actually very much unaware of how deep uh, Unity's um, uh, monetization thing was. So I'm just, I'm just imagining now with uh, Unity making this deal with our U.S. military defenses, and now we're they're they're getting a pop up of oh you know. $15 to fire a Tomahawk missile. And so I'm, I just have that image in my head now. <laughs> $15. You might want to have had a couple zeros on it for oh, that. No, 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 no. 15 to fire it. It, it. You still have to grind for one. Like, you know, there's a, still a lot of buildup to, you know, get one. And then it's $15 with an ad pop-up to actually fire the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I see them be more dirty about, like, I got to call my wife in the States. For five more minutes, please deposit $2. Really? <laughs> no mind. It was over my head. Uh, I'm just... <laughs> we have fun here. We have fun here, right, guys? <laughs> what is fun? What is this fun you speak of? <laughs> Correct. Uh, no, we have lots of fun. We have lots of fun. Uh, any other comments, guys? Before we move on? Yes, no. Okay, I'll I'll take that as uh, moving on. Okay, uh, on to the final topic for tonight, and uh, it looks like uh, a new version of the Elite 2 controller has leaked with, uh, I don't know, we've seen a few images pop up as uh, back in March they first appeared, but uh, these new ones, well, I mean, it's getting hard to really deny it. Uh, there's a few things popping up on Twitter recently. And, uh, yeah, as of right now, it just appears to be a white version of the Elite 2 controller. Um, Shockley, buddy, I'll uh, pick on you for this one. Um, we've seen images and even unboxings for this sucker already. Um, like, what do you think that this is legitimate? And if so, um, I don't know, do you think that we'll get an official announcement soon for it? I mean, Gamescom is kind of rolling along here. I don't know. What do you think? I don't Shockley, are you muted? <laughs> well, I, mm, Shockley could be away. Tell you what, I'll pick on you, Centurion. Um, I'm sure you heard my spiel there. Uh, what do you think about, uh, again, all these images popping up here uh, for the Elite 2 controller and uh, the white version? Again, we've seen some unboxings uh, already, and uh, it's not technically official yet, but uh, do you see something popping up soon? probably more than likely um i'm more wondering where they got the controller to have the unboxing was it really given out and by some chance they're just wanting like is microsoft testing the waters to see the hype for a white uh elite controller um and but for me it also goes back to um remember when um the xbox series x was getting ready to come out in november and in July, um, during a lot of the the unrest that was here in the United States, there was a lot of uh, rioting and a Best Buy and a couple of electronic stores in the United States were broken into. And certain individuals were actually able to get their hands on products that hadn't been released yet that were actually just being held in lockers at some of those electronic stores. And that's when we started seeing like redesigned Xbox controllers with the share button on them pop up before they were even officially released so that's hmm. where it's like our um and i'm i'm just being frank you know because of the world i work in and in in distribution um 
yeah, employees do smuggle things out of facilities or off of the docks where things are being loaded. Um, and you never know. The person who's showing these things off on YouTube is not supposed to have it. Um, but I'm but now to the big question, when is Microsoft going to come out and actually officially talk about these white controllers? Um, does it? Let's just put it this way, man. Microsoft, Xbox, they make a lot of controllers. So at this point, I'm not like, oh, my God, a white elite controller. Um, and the last white Xbox controller I had completely was always like dirty and smudgy looking and. I like my controllers to not show that kind of wear and tear. So I love dark colored controllers and right. that's where I, I'm going to just say it's definitely not for me. I have an elite two. I love my elite two. I baby it. Uh, I put it to bed in it's docking station every night. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some individuals out there though, that really want this white controller just because of how sharp, you know, white is a very sharp looking color as long as you can keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it looks all right. I'm not in the the market for one personally, especially since I got the uh, the Halo Infinite Master Chief one. Uh, that was really hard to oh, get, by the way. One. You got that one. See, that was I had I had bought my Elite controller. I guess like nine months before that thing even got released. So there was no way that I could definitely uh, get another one. <laughs> Mm-hmm, totally. General MLD, buddy, uh, do you got any thoughts on this? Did you see the controller at all? And if so, like, uh, do you like the look of it? Um, do you think we'll be hearing about an official announcement sometime soon? Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen it. It looks great. And, uh, you know, Xbox, uh, why, why do one custom controller design when you can do 20? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that, that's just what they do. Like, everyone has different tastes. The more you make, the more you end up buying something appeals to someone uniquely. Is it for me? No, because I got the Halo Infinite one also myself. So my Elite 2 controller needs are pretty good right now. Um, the one thing I will say there any revision could have is that the the Halo Elite controller lacks the um, the the was it the the record button that's on the standard Xbox uh, Series X controllers. If it could just have that, uh, I think that that would just be a simple but needed revision. But other than that, I mean, hey, uh, people who like like the color, like like the design uh, of it, yeah, go for it. Just just not another controller out of out of many that that, that we know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you think that they would do um, like the custom elites at some point? You know, I mean, I know it's I know that they're the pricier controller, but uh, yeah, I think people would like to see some uh, some custom elite stuff. Actually, wait, oh, do, yeah, do they? Sure. They don't have that yet, right? No, no. I mean, like these are like a hundred, like two hundred, three hundred dollar controllers here. I don't know, so I don't know about that. Uh, how mm -hmm. much of a market there is for that? But I mean, I mean, why, why not? Let's just see what sticks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, fair point. Fair point. Uh, dots, buddy. I'll hit you up on this one next. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to uh, to see some of the leaked uh, video coming out or uh, pictures. Again, not the first time over the past few months we've seen them pop up already. Seems to be some legitimate uh, boxing here. Uh, do you like the look of the controller? Can you see it released soon? Um. Well, I mean, I, I also already have my own Elite 2 controller. Um. Honestly, the, my favorite part about it is just the weight of it. I love just 
having that heft in my hands. I have, a, I have very large hands, so like, you know, it doesn't feel fragile when I'm, you know, you know, squeezing my hands at stress or you know, just you know, hitting the triggers and all that stuff. Um, well, there's and the an... only problem I've ever. Oh, oh, so... oh, sorry, I was just gonna say there's a never-ending uh, story joke there, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the only problem I've ever had with it was like the the little slides on the back that you know it let you um you know either uh make make the triggers more sensitive or you know you you don't have to press them down all the way. I've had like one of those slides break off on actually the, both of the controllers. I've actually gotten two because when I got a thumbstick to break on one, I replaced it immediately, and then everything was hunky dory peachy keen. Um, no, I I have no issues with it. Uh, I saw the white one. I, I thought it's interesting that they're obviously it's obviously advertised as white, but the the hand grips are black still. Yeah. So the only thing that's white is obviously the part you see, not the part you hold. So I'm which makes sense. I mean, then you're not looking at it. Um, in that regard, I kind of like it because I mean, um, as um someone was saying earlier about you know getting it dirty and whatnot, you know, it's kind of like a white car where. You know, white cars show dirt more than black cars kind of thing. And that's definitely, you know, even if, you know, you shower and wash your hands regularly, you know, you got your dead skin, you know, sticking to it or, you know, sweat on it, whatever. And it will show a lot more on a white controller. But the fact that the grip is black and the rest of it's white, you know, I think that's actually very smartly done. Would I get one if I didn't have a, a completely black one? Um... Probably only because the Xbox One X I have is white, but also at the same time I wouldn't because I almost exclusively use it for my PC right now, and my PC is black, and so I have a black Xbox controller, and so you know they fit perfectly. Um, I, I, I honestly, as people might you know be like, oh, I want a pure white one or a pure black one. I think this mix is actually pretty good. I, 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 I personally like it, and. Had I have I actually you know play on the console more than I do now, or you know I didn't have the one I currently have, I I would probably pick it up a set of the uh, the mono black one. So I say mono black. That's just a magic player thing to say. <laughs> so yeah, not, it's leaking. Uh, no, I, I like it. I honestly like it. If I didn't have one, that would be probably the one I would get. All right, all right. Very. I like your take. Very very uh, thoughtful there. Uh, let's see, Crusader. Uh, if you, I don't know if you're gonna piggyback off of dots there, but uh, what are your thoughts on it? Does it look cool to you? Uh, do you think it looks legit? And uh, if so, uh, do you think we'll be uh, seeing it announced sometime soon? So I don't know how that could not be legit, right? Um, mm -hmm. It it's the second time this has come up. It's not from like like it just came from a random account video. Like it it, it as a you know gaming leaks and rumors like enthusiast th this seems very hard to fake right like it it looked very very real and um is it going to be announced soon i don't know i hope that like the white one has just been the one that has coincidentally leaked a few times and maybe there's a couple colors right we've only seen white but that doesn't mean that like oh white is the only one coming you know what i mean i'd love like a blue one you know, go with the Crusader brand with the blue Garrus. The Paragon Garrus, if you will. Um, and so, I, I do like the white one. I think it looks good. I do prefer, like, a lot of other people. I prefer the black one. I would have loved to get one of the Master Chief ones. I am in the market for a new one because mine is having 
I have the dreaded the back the the RB and LBs buttons like don't click properly anymore. Um, so I am in the market for a new one. I just wish, I wish it wasn't a series two. I wish they would move to a series three, and give us some like new features. You know what I mean? And just, I want a full revision of the Elite controller. So it's a little disappointing that it is a new version of the Elite two. Though I'm hoping it's kind of a revision of the Elite 2, similar to like how um like the Xbox like the Xbox One had multiple revisions where like same console but like the internal components are slightly different because they changed the manufacturing process to make it a little bit cheaper and a little bit sturdier and, and stuff like that. So I hope that like maybe this is like an Elite Series 2 like revision like another revision and that maybe the, the build quality is a little better because the build quality has been on and off and i i i don't know they might have already done a revision with the uh the master chief controller i didn't look i haven't looked into that enough and that's not something that gets a lot of publicity because like no one cares like it's not it, it's something that only like tech enthusiasts are really going to go off about oh the motherboard is like this slightly different and stuff like that because there, there is a little, you know, circuit motherboard in it. Um, and and so it's cool. It's cool. Um, more more things for more people. W would like um, would would like to see it come to uh, what's the the create your controller service called? Oh, the uh, design lab. Yeah, I would like to see it mm -hmm. come to design lab. And then one of my friends was also like, hey, they should make a series S covers like the the. The, the plastic cover for the Series S on Design Labs because of how, like, cheap in comparison the Series S is, and you could order, like, custom-colored Series S's. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. A little tangential to this, but... Yeah, you know, I, I like that like, you can get, like, the controllers and stuff in such wacky color combinations, stuff like that. And I wish they had a version of that for the Elite 2 controller, because, like, if I'm already paying, like, 200 bucks for the controller, if I can customize it for, like, $30 more, then what's $30 more when I'm already paying, you know, a huge fee? Let, let, let me get it exactly how I like it, you know what I mean? All right. Let me get that engraving on it. Ooh, yes, totally. Yeah, you know what I mean. Get like Crusader on the, on the, on the controller. You just want a picture of Garrus on your controller. Don't You're lie to me. You're absolutely right, but I don't think I can do that right now with Game Labs, and that makes me sad that you bring this up and give me this idea, and I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, like after the show, uh, Crusader's gonna go in a corner, and uh, yeah, have a little picture of Garrus and be like, soon soon oh it's not even a picture i got the statue of him right behind me oh well there you go statue then <laughs> can't make this shit up <laughs> well you would know <laughs> you would know exactly i uh, wanna <laughs> uh shockley brother are you there yeah all right so uh yeah so what do you, what's your take on this uh obviously all different media has come out with regard to this uh, leaked Elite 2 controller, the white one. Uh, I don't know, do you like the look of it? Uh, and do you think we'll be getting an official announcement for it soon? Uh, yeah, more than likely. Kind of like what they did with the uh, first Elite. Um, I'm hopeful. It'd be cool if they made the those grips like white kind of go with it. <laughs> like, obviously, the black one has black and then the Master Chief one. I can't remember. Is that one black, or did they color the grips on that one like green? I'm pretty sure it's black. No, no, no. It's uh, black grips, and then the the face plate is uh, green. Okay. 
Yeah, it would have been nice just to, because it was cool that they added grips. Um, but I think even the the uh, original one, that when they made that white, I think the back grips were they. I can't remember. I think those were like gray back in the day, so they may have just left them gray. I can't remember. Um, but now that they're on the front, it doesn't look as nice. Like it still looks good, but like I'd probably prefer if I was going to buy the white one, I'd probably prefer the the rest of it to be white if I'm going for a white controller. Um, but more than likely, it's probably just going to be exactly like the other two. Um, and then they're probably in the works with, you know, the series, you know, three uh, of the uh, elite controllers. So, but then probably like haptic feedback and just uh, other features um, that are missing that are, only thing that's holding it back. Otherwise, it's still the best controller on the market, um, especially when you, you know, especially with like games that you can play, uh, whether it be Halo or even like a um, Secure or something like that, where you can assign certain buttons so you can keep your hands like on the sticks. Uh, it's it's almost a must for like games like Halo, so you can easily just maneuver around and um, instead of moving your you know, finger off of the uh, stick that allows you to move in uh, different directions. You can just keep going as you're doing and then either, you know, slide, jump, melee without having to waste time and uh, move hands off your, uh, off the sticks. So, um, so it's a great, awesome for people that haven't, you know, picked one up yet and they want a white one. So, um, and then Xbox is, you know, pumping out these controllers, which is a good thing. I don't know why I always, I, every time you see a new controller, people are like, oh my God, they're pumping out more controllers than games. Like that's, I mean, that should be the, the way it goes because I mean, yeah. it takes, it's plastic. You just, you just print it. It's, it doesn't take time to do. <laughs> it takes a while to get a second color for PlayStation. I know it takes them a very long time. To get those, you know, colors right, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, so you know, you buy two white ones. Well, shit, I already bought two white ones. Now I have to, you know, two. You know, I have you know extra white, black controllers, and then it's like, oh well, shit, I would have bought some of the cool, you know, maybe some of those new colors <laughs> had they came out when the system came out. But no, I already own, you know, a white and a black. Well, do I want to spend another seventy bucks on a controller? on a game, on a system that doesn't really do much multiplayer other than like third party games. So no. <laughs> so, uh, so I never get that part of the negativity about the controllers. Obviously they're, you know, should have games out more often. Obviously everyone knows that, but that part's always funny. It's like, oh, it's not the same department. <laughs> they can make games, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, no, no fair comment. Fair comment. Uh, it looks looks good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it looks pretty sharp overall. I mean, I can't say it's for me personally, but overall it looks all right. Uh, but I think I'll still stick with my uh, my Halo Infinite Master Chief one. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the design of it, and I'm a bit, bit of a Yeah, collector. rub it in, rub it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that was hard to, that was, uh, you know, a tricky one to get. I, I thought I had missed out on it, and then I saw a restock on Games, uh, GameStop, and I was like, all right, I'm going. I, I was at work, and I'm like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get this right now." And uh, thankfully, yeah, I was able to snag one. 
Um, yeah, guys, any more uh, any more uh, thoughts and comments on this uh, before we uh, sign off? Yes, no? Okay. All right, I think that about uh, does it then for tonight's show. Uh, good stuff tonight from everyone on the panel. And uh, as we discussed Xbox accusing Sony of uh, blocking games from Xbox Game Pass, Unity and Microsoft forming a partnership, and a new Xbox Elite controller seems to be leaked out. Of course, shout out to everyone that joined us tonight. And if you did enjoy our uh, back and forths, our chat, then please consider leaving a like, subbing to the channel, and share this out across social media, Twitter, or whatever your preference is. Uh, moving over to the outros, let's start with our featured guest tonight. Uh, Dots, it was uh, nice having you on tonight. Uh, where can all these delightful listeners follow you at? Um, My... Uh... Twitter tag is dots RTS. Um, I'm honestly just still starting up in the uh, in the social media, you know, getting my name out there world. So all of you, if you give me a follow, even just give me a message, message or you know, reply to my posts, whatever. I mean, I love to talk to you all. Um, I'm very big in the uh, RTS uh, scene, or at least I'm trying to get into it. Um, and so if you like those types of games, you know. Give me a follow. Um, and on Xbox, I am chaos.surus, D O T Z R U S. Hit me up. All right. All right. Good stuff there. Follow him. Uh, Dot certainly has some very interesting takes. Uh, moving on down here, uh, Centurion, uh, where can everybody follow you? And uh, great show, by the way. Great commentary. Ah, I appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen, for another great Sunday night conversation. Thank you to everybody in the chat who joined us. Be sure to give a like and subscribe. Invader is a very hardworking individual to make TXR function. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion1307 at Twitter, um, Xbox Live. You can also find me on my YouTube channel. Um, like I keep telling everybody, I took a pause for a little while on making content, but there is podcasts that pop up there every now and then. Uh, one of them will take place tomorrow on Stubbs' channel, though. Uh, me and him are going to be doing Plastic Platforms tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be on Gaming Beyond the Box. You can find me over there with Wilmy Hood and the amazing cast that he has on Gaming Beyond the Box. And you can also find me here every Sunday night on TXR with these amazing gentlemen. All right, good stuff, and uh, thank you. Thank you for your uh, nice words. Moving on down here, General MLD, buddy, I thought you had some really solid points tonight, as per usual. Uh, where can these kind folks follow you? Thank you, thank you. It was a great show. Uh, you guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter. You're always finding me almost every day. They're just picking a fight with the uh, this and that. Otherwise, you'll find me... Uh, on Xbox uh, at Ghost MLD, find me playing whatever I'm playing there. Always message me. And otherwise, yeah, great show and uh, looking forward to the next one. You pick a fight? Never. What are you talking about, MLD? <laughs> I know, right? Uh. Never, never, ever. Uh, no, no, no. All's fair in uh, love and social spaces, right? Uh, <laughs> moving on down here. Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, another good show, another, another solid effort. Uh, where can everybody find you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shockner on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show. Uh, thanks for our guest stopping by, and uh, have a good night. 
All right, all right. And uh, last but certainly not least here, uh, we got Crusader. Buddy, great having you as always. I thought you had some really, really good points too. And uh, yeah, where can everybody follow you? Yeah, I'm at Crusader3456 on Twitter. Every platform is Crusader3456, I think, except for Steam, where I'm Crusader Lord of the Realm, the, the big music reference that I think one person has ever realized what it's a reference to on my timeline and it hit my day. So yeah, you know, follow me around for gaming and my uh, paragraph long takes because, you know, I'm like an ent. If something's worth saying, it's worth saying like long and elaborate. Um, but yeah, great show tonight. Great show tonight. And it was great having the part of me that is insane on the show with me tonight with uh, Dots, one of my best friends. So it was good. great having him on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate having him on and uh, hope he gets uh, love to see him more involved in the uh, podcast space. He certainly has the voice for it. <laughs> um, okay, guys, and to close off the group, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. And of course, you can catch me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Great show tonight, and I hope to see you all here on the next one. Later, everyone.